Welcome to Seeking God, Loving Others, where I share tips and encouragement for practical Christian living. Over the years, I've seen too many followers of Christ struggle in the basic day-to-day application of God's word. Instead of prosperity, peace, and health, many have settled for a life of debt, doubt, and disease. My desire is to help equip you with the tools for living the abundant life God has for you every single day. I'm your host, Jasmine Lozano. So grab a cup of coffee or maybe clean out your junk drawer as you join me for a great conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you're here and joining me for the season finale of season one. Um, This has been a pretty interesting first season. I've, you know, had some time to figure out what's working and what's not. And um, I'm excited to use the next couple of weeks to kind of, um, you know, create an outline for what I want to see happen on the podcast and kind of figure out some guests and different things. But so far, I'm I'm just so excited about um, the direction that this podcast is heading. Um, I've had a couple of new listeners. We have another international listener in Canada. So that's pretty exciting. Um, hi, Canada. Um, but I am, in case you missed last week's episode, this is the season finale. It's coming out Friday, July the 16th. And I live in Wisconsin where if if you're in the United States, you know, it, it gets pretty cold up here most of the year. And so the summertime is, we have a very short summer. And so I really want to make sure that um, I make the most of my few months that I have where the sun is out and we can go out and swim and do things. So I will be, um, we'll be taking a, a, a break from July the 16th and we will come back on the first Friday in September. And so I'm excited to just take a, a quick little pause just to refocus things and figure things out going forward. But I will still be posting on the blog pretty regularly. The blog comes out Friday, so you can still continue to um, catch the blog. And then I'll still be preparing things for um, season two. <laughs> so that I, lo- I love that. I watch a couple of shows. I have a handful of shows that I'm like, I'm a diehard fan. And I, I love and I hate the season finale. It's like, I like to see how, how they're going to go. I like to see, you know, are they going to renew for another season? And you can usually tell that by the season finale. And I mean, nowadays they'll tell you, you know, if it's a series finale. But, you know, I always like to see what's going to happen and how they're going to tie up the season and, and how they're going to take you into the next season. So this last episode we is a part two. And we are going to jump right in where we left off last week. Last week, I talked about who's in your boat. And we talked about the story of Jonah. And for time's sake, I am not going to go over all that stuff again. You know, sometimes I'll like I'll be somewhere or I'll be watching a message and they'll say, well, I'm, I'm just going to give a quick review of what we went over last week. And the review is like 25 minutes. I'm like, I already heard this last week. The people that weren't here, they need to go back. Everything's recorded. Go back. But so I'm not going to jump into what we talked about last week other than we talked about the story of Jonah and how Jonah never belonged on that boat headed to Tarshish. And just him being on the boat put other people's lives in danger. So this week, I want to talk about um, the type of people you should not allow on your boat and the type of people that you want on your boat. I do want to share this quote again, and I'm not even going to try to say his name, but you can go look on the blog (laughs) at jasminelozano.com. But the quote says, you are only going to be as good as the people you surround yourself with. So be brave enough to let go those who keep weighing you down. And I've been thinking about this a lot. I don't have a whole lot of, um, I don't have a lot of people I feel like in my life that are like, um, 
that are weighing me down. You know, like, I don't know. I know some people do. And so I would say that, um, Maybe this, maybe this blog, maybe this podcast is for you. If, if there are people that are in your life that aren't adding value to it, and in fact, they're taking away value, you really need to consider their place in your life. And in, pa- in the past, I have had people that were doing that to me. And luckily, God saw fit to remove them. Even you know before I was serving him, he knew that they, were, they weren't going to be compatible with the plans that he had for my life. And so this week, we're going to talk about the kind of people you don't want in your boat, the kind of people you do want on your boat. Um, and if you know me, I love alliteration and I, my, I've always loved alliteration, which is, you know, when everything starts with the same letter, but I really came to love it when I started listening to Stephen Furtick at Elevation Church. And he would have like, I, I love when people like line up their points with the same letter just because it helps me to remember them. And there's some messages that he's taught that I could, you know, if you said, Hey, what did he say in this message? I could go through and kind of at least remember the gist of it because of those alliterations. So, um, I guess imitation is one of the sincerest forms of flattery. So um, in in the same way that Stephen Furtick would give you <laughs> something that starts with the same letter, all of these type of people are going to start with the letter C. Um, and I'm not just trying to be all cute with it, although I do think it's cute when people do that. Like I have some Bible verses too. So the first type of person that you do not want on your boat are, uh, or I guess the, the type of people are complaining people. Numbers 11 one says, now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then the fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. And that's talking about the Israelites when they were in the desert. You know, complaining is something that's it's so easy to do. I think for most of us, it, it just, you know, it comes natural. Um, and and the, the thing about complaining is, you know, you don't have to offer much to complain. Like, all complaining takes is your opinion. And and I think a lot of times it's easier for us to complain because all we have to use is our words and to actually make change and to see something um, different in what we're complaining about, we have to take action. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And I'm not talking about complaining when something needs to be corrected or saying something or speaking up when there's an injustice or a wrong that needs to be fixed. I'm talking about complaining just for the sake of complaining. And um you guys know I live in Wisconsin and here like we we have all four seasons but really like we just kind of have two. We have like the cold and then the not so cold <laughs> cuz like legit the other day in June we had on sweaters up here and, and pants like we were cold but it's not so cold. So I feel like you know we have 9 months of cold where everybody's complaining about how cold it is and then we have 3 months where people, you know, if if it gets above like 82 or 83 degrees people are going to complain up here. So we have nine months complaining about the cold and the other three months we complain about, you know, either it's too hot or it's not hot enough. And, and I do think sometimes, you know, it's just, it really is, it's just easier to complain. And I found myself probably a couple months ago, I can't pinpoint when it was like, I was complaining about like everything. And it was probably in the winter because there does come a point in the winter up here where you're like, I'm done. (laughs) But I, um, I heard this from, um, Holly Furtick, who is Stephen Furtick's wife at Elevation Church. Um, he's, she's his wife outside of Elevation Church too, but uh, (laughs) I know that was corny. Anyway, she did this study called Mrs. Better Half. And what she did was had the women put like a ponytail holder on their wrist. And every time they complained, they would switch the ponytail holder from one wrist to the other. So I started doing that. And I was so shocked the first couple days, like I was switching that 
that thing back and forth to each wrist so often I would it'd be time to do the dishes and I'm like oh there's so many dishes in the sink boom you know I drop a fork on the ground while I'm doing the dishes oh I don't feel like bending down like I was I, I didn't realize that I could complain so much and I did that probably for about a week and I'm probably due to do I need to do it again but um it really helped me see how much I was complaining and try to be more intentional about not complaining so much and you know when the Israelites were in the desert after they left Egypt, they were they were getting ready to go to the promised land. But the Bible tells us that a group of complainers spread a bad report through the camp that caused the people to become fearful. And as a result, they, you know, they didn't go into the promised land and they had to wander the desert for 40 years. And and this happens because complaining is contagious. Like it just takes one person to start complaining about something before uh, they can have a, a whole group on board complaining. I don't like, you know, I don't like how we do this because X, Y, Z. And the next person was like, oh, yeah, I was thinking, you know, I don't like this either, but it's for a different reason. And next thing you know, you have a bunch of people complaining. And why? Because misery loves company. You know, if somebody is unhappy about something, they want to make sure that you know about it. That's why, you know, you if you go look at a place like I'll go look at a restaurant that I've been to and there'll be all these one star reviews. I'm like, I go there all the time and I, I would give it five stars. I think it's wonderful. But when people want to complain, they want other people to take part in it, too. And and when it comes to reaching your goals and to to you know getting getting and seeing progress in the for the vision in your life, these type of people are not going to add value to to what you're trying to do, and, and and honestly, they're just going to put obstacles in your path because you'll start complaining. None of us are um, none of us are you know exempt from complaining. We all, it's 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 just how we are. You know, I think about um, you know stories in the Bible in the Garden of Eden. Um, you know, Adam had all these things. Adam had the garden. He named all these animals, but he didn't have anyone for him. And so when God created Eve, he was happy. He looked at her and he was, he was pleased to have his wife. And then as soon as trouble pops up, he starts complaining like, well, God, you know, the, the wife that you gave me, she, she's the one that did, did this. So from the beginning, we've been, it's, it's just in our nature. But the great thing to know about that is it's in our old nature and we can overcome it. So that's the first type of person you don't want in your boat is a complaining person. The next type is someone who is complacent. Um, Exodus 16.3 says, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So the Israelites, they come out of slavery and um, and, and they start getting hungry. So they start complaining. They start grumbling. And then they begin to think about what their life was like in Egypt. And, and it causes them to become complacent. They were They were happy with what they had, even though what they had wasn't great. What they forgot was that they were slaves, you know? And so when I talk about complacency in this little section, I'm not talking about contentment. Those are two very different things. You know, contentment is, it's being happy with what you have. You know, it's being, it's being grateful for what you have and, and using it in the best way that you can. And that's, that's contentment. But complacency is something different. And I saw this on collinsdictionary.com. It says, a complacent person is very pleased with themselves or feels that they do not need to do anything about a situation even if the situation may be uncertain or dangerous. So, you know, there there are times where um, in my life, I've been a complacent person. For years, um, we struggled with just, uh, you know, being debt-free. We struggled with managing our money well. 
But you wouldn't know because we were just kind of complacent there. We still were, we're still out on vacations. We're still eating out. We're still doing all these things because it's kind of like, well, this is just how it is. So we might as well be happy with it. But, but it wasn't until we said, you know what? I, we can be content with what God's blessed us with, but we also have to be intentional about uh, being better managers of what he's given us. And so that's where a complacent person and a content person differs is a complacent person is content to stay in a situation even when that situation is not the best for them. And that's what these Israelites were doing. They were thinking about, oh, we used to have all this great food in Egypt, but oh yeah, you guys were getting beaten too and you had to work all day. So they forgot about all that. So someone who is complacent, someone who is not, um, someone who is not, moving forward towards um, bettering their position when it's not in a good place, they're often not going to help you to get to where you want to be either. You know, we're promised an abundant life in John 10, 10, but a lot of people, we just, we become complacent with life that's far below that abundance. And complacent people, when, when you surround yourself with complacent people, they won't challenge you to do better. They'll constantly say, oh, that well, that's good enough. You know, you've, you know, you've, um, you know, you've, you've, you've lowered your debt a little bit. That's good enough. No, you know, somebody who, somebody who wants to see you do well is going to say, all right, you've lowered it. Let's keep going. Dale Bronner, who is a pastor in, I think he's in Atlanta, Georgia, but his church is called Word of Faith Family Worship Cathedral. It's a mouthful, but he'd said something. He was talking about complacency and mediocrity one day. And he said that mediocre means middle of the rock. So it's like you, you, you're not at the bottom anymore. So you go up, you know, midway on the mountain and you stop there because the view is better than the bottom. But but it's not enough just to stop in the middle. You got to keep going to the top because the view is even better. So you don't want complacent people on your boat because they're going to slow you down. They're going to stop you from reaching the goals that you have. The next type of person you don't want on your boat, careless people. Proverbs 4.26 says, give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Um, I am a big planner. I like, I have a planner. Um, I have a to-do list on my phone. I just, I just like to, you know, have an idea of what to expect for the day and for the week, even for the month and the year. And, and a lot of you guys know I'm, I'm writing a book. So I, I have this podcast. I'm also, you know, a small business owner that I'm, I'm trying to kind of revamp what I'm doing with my business. Um, I also lead at church and, and I'm a homeschooling planet or planet. <laughs> I'm a homeschooling parent. So planning is, it's kind of essential for me to be able to get things done. If I want to see all these different endeavors grow and go in the direction I want them to. And one of my favorite quotes says that if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail and careless people will definitely keep your boat from arriving at your destination. You know, careless people very rarely have, you know, a vision or a plan for their own life. They just kind of float through life. And there, you know, I know that like sometimes it's, you have like the over planner, like somebody who wants to be in control. And I'm not talking about being that way, but, but we should have goals. We should have dreams. We should have visions for our life. And, and when you surround yourself with careless people, you can find yourself thinking, well, like I, maybe it doesn't take all that. They're kind of, you know, bopping around life. Like why, you know, why, why, why can't I function that way too? But I was, um, as we talk about this, I was talking to somebody uh, this weekend who has like a, a really big dream and it's a dream that other people, they really would, they would look on it and say, that's impossible. Like you can't do that. You need to, you know, come back down to earth because you know, your, your odds of that are slim to none. And they've actually encountered some people, um, that have, that have, 
told them that. Like they didn't just think it, but they told them that. And I'm sure that they were hoping for encouragement from these people. And I told them this. I said, people who don't have a goal or vision for their own life often won't add much value to yours. And so that's why it's important not to surround yourself with careless people because a lot of times they're they're not really going to add a lot of value to what you're trying to do. They're not going to encourage you to keep going towards your goals because they don't have any of their own. So the next type of person you don't want in your boat are controversial people. 2 Timothy 2.23 says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. You know, and I, I've, I, I'm known for like just dipping out of a conversation so fast because I just, I'm, I don't mind like talking about like legitimate issues, but there are times where people like they, they ask you a question and it's not because they want to know what you think. They just want to open the door to lay out like their opinion. You know, I, there's people who will come to me and they'll say, you know, I got a question for you. Uh, what, what do you think about Christians drinking? And I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on that. You know, like I don't, I don't say that, you know, and I'm prepared and I have my own opinion about it as well. But but when somebody comes to you with like certain questions like that, like, uh, um, do you guys baptize in the name of Jesus or in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? When people ask you stuff like that, they're not trying to have a good, you know, spiritual conversation with you. They're trying to debate. They're trying to argue. They're trying to quarrel with you. So I typically will just kind of dip out of conversations like that. Because I know that that's not biblical to do that. And some Christians, they, they love arguing about the Bible. Um, they, they're not defending the Bible to unbelievers or, or debating the Bible with an atheist or anything like that. But they, they want to argue with other Christians about how they believe differently. And I've always been like, and I've heard a lot of people say this, like, why are you arguing with me? Like, we're both going to heaven. Let's go talk to some people who, who don't know Jesus. Let's go talk to some people um, not necessarily argue with them, but let's share what we believe with some people who don't believe anything, you know? And so I typically steer clear of people who are intent on being argumentative because like, I I know it's not going to get us anywhere. Like at the end of the day, if we believe something differently, like we're both Christians and you believe something differently than me, like I'm not going to change your mind and you're not going to change mine. So let's just love each other and love God and go find some people who don't know him, you know? And, and a lot of times, controversial people, they're going to look for faults in others rather than seeing them through the loving eyes of God. You know, they'll, they, they see the world as us versus them. And, and they think like, if, if you don't think like I do, like you're wrong, you're stupid. And, and people like that often, like that's not reflecting the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying that they're wrong or, you know, they may be right about something, but to go around and your, your whole point is to prove you're right and to argue with other people like that's that's not going to get you anywhere so be very careful about surrounding yourself with controversial people so those are the people you don't want on your boat I want to talk now about the people you do want on your boat and I'm gonna go through this kind of fast because I didn't want like I don't want this episode to be too ultra ultra long but um you guys know I like to talk but the first type of person that you want on your boat and this is probably like um like straight up, hands down, if you could only have one type of person on your boat, pick this person. You want someone that's consecrated. Leviticus 27, 20 verse seven says, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord, your God. And um, I wrote this in a blog a couple of weeks ago that holiness is not a bad word. Holiness is not a bad word. And I say this a lot because it's it's important and it's true. Um, I'm holy. And I know some of you are like, ooh, look at her. She's just out here saying she, I am holy. And if you're saved, you're holy too. 
And our holiness is not something that we do. It's because of our position to God the Father. You know, when my kids, they don't have to do anything to to prove that they're my kids. They're my kids. They're my kids because, you know, they lived in my womb and for nine months and they, they share my DNA, my DNA. They're my kids. But because they're my kids, I have expectations of them. And God has expectations for his kids too. The Bible calls us a peculiar people. That doesn't mean we're supposed to be weird and we're supposed to kind of like freak people out and chase them down the street with tracks and say stuff like, you better, you know, be right or get left. You know, we, it's not, peculiar doesn't mean weird, but it means different. And there should be distinguishable um, traits and, and things about our lives that set us apart from people who are non-believers. And that's what consecrated means. It, it means being set apart for special use, you know, and I think about, you know, the, the life of, of maybe the modern day Christian. And, and I think that we could really use some, some discipleship on what it means to be set apart. It doesn't mean, you know, the Bible says that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. So it doesn't mean like we are, we just kind of get in our own little Christian clique, but it does mean that we need to keep ourselves ready to be used of God. There were articles in the temple that that was all they used that article for. You know, there was a plate for the showbread. Like that plate wasn't used every night for dinner. It was for the showbread. And so God has a plan for us. And if we want to get there, we need to make sure that we are focused on being consecrated and that we surround ourselves with people who have the same goals and the same aspirations. Because I know that when, when I get in a situation where it's like, I need encouragement, um, I don't really want it from somebody who I know is not spending time with God. I don't want it from somebody that I know um, doesn't spend time reading his word. They don't spend time in prayer. Um, they, they always have something negative to say. I want it from someone who I know is setting themselves apart to be used by God because I need to hear from God through them sometimes. And so you definitely want people in your boat that are consecrated. The second type of person you want in your boat is someone who is consistent. 1 Corinthians 15, 8, 58 says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You want consistent people in your life. You don't want people who are, are with you one minute and then you can't find them for the, for the next couple of months. You want people that you know you can depend on and you want to be a consistent person. Um, there, there are certain people that like when I text them, I know like this person is going to respond to me very quickly. And, and I mean, listen, y'all know my views on technology. Like I don't even like that we're so accessible all the time, but there are times in your life where you need to talk to somebody or you need, uh, you need someone to help you through something and you want people who are going to consistently be there for you. And again, you want to be a person that's consistent as well. If you're serving in church, you want consistent people on your team. You don't want people that one day they're serving with gladness and the next day they're serving with an attitude. You want people who, um, when they say they're going to be somewhere at a certain time, they're going to be somewhere at a certain time. I was talking with a new friend yesterday about um, tardiness and just how much, and, and I could tell, like like she said, she's the same way. Like, it really bothers me when people say, I'm going to be there at, you know, two o'clock and they don't get there till two thirty, three o'clock. You know, to, to me, it's like, I'd rather have somebody that's going to be consistent and maybe they need a little bit of help along the way, but they're going to be there and be faithful to what they've committed to. And that's the type of person you want in your boat. The next type of person is you want someone who's competent. Consistency is great, but um, competency is just as good. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Being competent means that you're thoroughly equipped. You know, um, I think about in the back in the Bible days in the Old Testament, when they were assigning the Levites to do different works in the temple, it talks about how like they had people who were well skilled in certain areas. Like it's not just enough to to be a body serving in an area. You need to be well skilled. And that's not saying you have to be perfect. It's not saying that you have to have it all together, but um, you need to be working your way towards that. You need to thoroughly equip yourself. I Years ago, um, I sang on this praise team at my old church and there was a young man, I'm not going to say his name just in case he listens or like his wife is listening, but when he came, I hope he is listening, but he already knows. When he came, like that brother could barely sing. Um, he <laughs> he couldn't hold his part. Like, you know, he, he had the desire, but what he did was he would actually practice. He would go home and he would learn how to harmonize. Um, he learned how to play the piano. He could play the guitar. And like now, like he's made music, like he's a musician uh, he gets paid to to do things like that now. And it's because he equipped himself. So just because, you know, someone isn't able to do something right now, you they can still train themselves and thoroughly equip themselves to be able to do every good work. So you want competent people around you. It's not just enough to have someone and 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 they can't really add anything to what you need them to do because they don't know how to do it. Um, we can train people. And, and sometimes, you know what? Sometimes like somebody's in an area and I'm not just talking about church, you know, I'm talking about in corporate world or, or what it, it can apply anywhere on a, on a sports team. Someone's there and you know, you're like, they're not, they really shouldn't be in this position. You know, I don't know how many of you guys have played on a sports team, but I remember back in high school, there were a couple of people on the team. I'm like, that person should not be playing in this game because they are not, they're not prepared for it. And so when you surround yourself with people who are competent, they're prepared um, and, and they're also able to see things that you can't see sometimes. So you want competent people in your boat. And then the last type of person that you want in your boat is a compassionate person. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And um, this is where, uh, you know, I, I need to I need to remind myself of this a lot uh, as well, like, yes, we want consistency, we want competency, we want people who are consecrated, um, but we also want people we want to be, and we also want people who will be compassionate. One of my favorite, favorite scriptures is Titus 3, and it's 3 through 7, and I'm not going to say it all. I know most of it by heart, but I'm a little rusty, but, you know, it starts off by saying, at one time, we too were foolish, deceived, um, and enslaved by all types of passions and pleasures. Like, don't forget that one time we were enemies of God. You know, we we often like we get saved and we start getting our lives together and we start getting our scripture reading together and all this. And we're like, oh, we got it. We, we you know, we're we're good. You know, we're we're growing. We're our spiritual our spiritual self is growing and flourishing. And and then we can sometimes, if we're not careful, look at other people and be like, well, look at them. They need to. We, you know, they need to get their life together. They oh, that's happening to them because they they probably ain't reading their Bible. They probably ain't tithing. They're probably not doing that. I'm pretty sure I just said probably. I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> but you know, we we we're so quick sometimes to judge people, and that is so opposite of 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 how how our God is. He's so compassionate to us. I was continuing to read 
in the book of Jonah, when Jonah disobeyed him, you know, Jonah asked for forgiveness and the Lord forgave him. And he had, he had the, um, the fish spit him out in Nineveh. And so, and so when Jonah arrives in Nineveh, um, I love, I don't have my Bible in front of me, but, um, it's, it's in chapter two. It says that, so the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. You know, and, and God is so compassionate. He could have been like, forget Jonah. He went in the opposite direction I told him to. I'm going to go get somebody else. You know, but no, God is compassionate. He forgave Jonah and he gave him another chance. And so we need to be compassionate with people and we need to surround ourselves with people who are compassionate. Um, I, I've i been around people who like, it just seems like they just, they have no sympathy for other people. Like something goes wrong in their life and it's not like, oh, we need to be praying for that person. It's like, well, that's probably because they ain't been going to church. It's like, it's always something like something negative. And, and I really think that, um, compassion is definitely a quality of Christ that, that we should really be aspiring towards. There's a, um, a point in, in scripture where Jesus is getting ready to, uh, minister to people. And it says he looked on the people and he had compassion on them because they were like, sheep without a shepherd. And when we look out on the world, when we look out, um, on people who maybe they, they don't, um, they don't know who they are in Christ because they, they don't know them. Like we should have compassion on those people. We shouldn't be, uh, judging them. We shouldn't be, um, trying to make them feel bad or, or, or talking about, you know, them getting what's due them. Like we should be compassionate towards them and we should be praying for them. And so that's, those are the kind of people that I want on my boat, you know, where, you know, we see somebody who is struggling and and instead of talking about that person or gossiping about that person, we decide, Hey, let's pray for that person. Let's see if there's something that we can do for them. And so those are the type, the four type of people that you do want in your boat. You want people that are consecrated. You want people that are consistent. You want people that are competent and you want people that are compassionate. And just to review the four people you don't want in your boat. You don't want people who are controversial. You don't want people who are careless. You don't want people who are complacent. And you do not want people who are complainers. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. The blog is up right now as well. So you can go check that out at jasminelozano.com. Um, and again, just thank you so much for tuning in to this last episode of season one. We will be back first Friday in September. I think it'll be the same week. Um, that I'll be starting homeschool. So I'm sure I'll have a revelation about school or something (laughs) by that time. But until then, thank you again for your support and for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate, you know, I'll, I'll run into people in public and they're like, I like your podcast. I like, you're doing a good job. And it's just, you know, not just so I can feel good about myself, but it it lets me know that, you know, when you have something you believe God wants you to share or do, do it because you don't know how it's going to impact somebody else. So thank you again for listening. And I will catch you guys in the fall. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Seeking God, Loving Others. You can read more inspiration and join our email list at jasminelozano.com. And don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. While you're there, you can leave a rating and review to help others find the podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday for new episodes and a great way to start the week. Thanks again for listening. And remember, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. God is on your side.